Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. Thank you, worship team. You guys can take a seat. We live in a world, as you know, uh, where some people would say there is no hope. I actually remember a lovely older woman when my wife and I were living on the West Coast who was a neighbor, and we were telling her that we were gonna have a third child. And she was so curious and said, how in the world can you bring another child into this world that is so evil and hopeless? That was her perspective. Sometimes it's not surprising. I looked at some of the headlines in the news this week. You guys have probably seen some of these. Lebanon in the throes of economic crisis, worsening daily. Food, medical, power, and gas shortages already leading to violence. And the prime minister says, we are just days away from a social explosion. And we in America have sometimes seen that happen in other places, but the fear of a social explosion here hits home more now after this last year and a half. Am I right? We've seen some things that we're not used to seeing in this generation. Another headline stirs some fear about a potential new variant and possible new wave. Another headline is about the bodies still missing in the condo that collapsed in Florida. And in some ways that condo collapse is like a metaphor about how, how a lot of us feel when it comes to life. What we were used to being very secure, something that would never fail us, even though it was man-made, a condo has now collapsed right under our feet and is not providing the security that we thought it once was. Then of course, there's all the personal challenges that we face. Some of you are in the middle of very difficult diagnosis from a doctor or you have loved ones in the hospital right now. Others have incredibly shattered dreams or relationships that are in chaos. How do we continue to live with hope as followers of Jesus? We're gonna look at Psalm 71 today. I believe it lays out a beautiful way to do this. We're calling it always have hope. And the key verse, and I encourage you to memorize this, is verse 14. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. It's kind of like the person who once said, the bad news does not change the good news. And there has to become this reality in you where you see the world, you see the things in your own life, and everyone may do their own thing, but you have to develop in your own spirit this deep, as for me, I will always have hope and I will praise you more and more. And we're gonna look through this text and just lean into how to do that practically. Starting in verse one, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. So that tells us right away, the psalmist who's writing this is under duress. He is being challenged, he is being attacked. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock and refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth, I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. Number one in your notes, you have relied on the Lord more than you know, so continue to rely on him now. In first service, when I read verse six, I accidentally said, I brought me forth from my mother's womb when I was reading. I said, whoop, you brought me forth from my mother's womb. But it was kind of insightful, actually, because some of us get to the point that we think we are so self-reliant that we might actually say something like, I brought myself forth from my mother's womb. That's like the self-made man or woman. But this is telling us and reminding us, Lord, you 
brought me forth? And it's a simple question. How much did you have with your own, how much did you have to do with your own creation? How much did you have to do with your own birth? How much did you have to do with the fact that your heart has been beating for however many years you've been alive? How much did you have to do with all those breaths that you breathed in and out? How much did you have to do with the thousands of miracles that happen in your body every day when you consume food and it turns it into nutrition and energy and it gets rid of the waste? Like we just take these things for granted, but actually you are more reliant on the Lord than you know. I don't think at all it is responsible intellectually to just flippantly say this whole world and all this beauty and the miracle of the human body and animals and the earth and the universe is just like this happy accident that all works together. No, it is miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle from a creator that continues to sustain us. You are reliant on him. And the more you can lean into that, the more when you're faced with potentially hopeless situations. Whenever you're tempted to despair, you can remind yourself, wait a second, I can rely on him now for these other things as well. I like how Andrew Murray put it in one of my favorite books called Waiting on God. He says, waiting on God is not only rendered necessary by our sin and helplessness. It is simply and truly our restoration to our original destiny and our highest nobility, to our true place and glory as creatures blessedly dependent on the all-glorious God. I'm thankful for our nation and that we celebrate, you know, the Declaration of Independence. But our, our song as fathers of Jesus is actually the exact opposite. We celebrate our declaration of dependence on the living God. And I love how Andrew Murray says it, our blessedly dependent life, our highest nobility, our true place and glory is that of relying on him for everything. For each point today, I'm gonna give you a declaration, just meaning like a statement like, like that you would use as a faith statement in the middle of a potentially hopeless situation. For this first one, the declaration is, I have hope because I rely on the Lord. It sounds simple, but you've got to get in the habit of reminding yourself of that. Remind yourself, who do you rely on? Because when it is all up to you or when it is all up to the people that are around you, of course we end up feeling hopeless. We're a mess. The world's a mess. Who do you rely on? Where are you finding your security? I have hope because I rely on the Lord. You gotta catch yourself in those wandering thoughts. You gotta catch yourself on those days when you just feel down and out of it and you're not even sure why. You guys know what I'm talking about? How somebody's like, what's going on? Why, why have I, where's my hope? Remind yourself, I have hope because I rely on the Lord. He goes on in verse seven. I've become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him for no one will rescue him. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. May may my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. And then here's our key verse. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, 
you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. I love this. Notice the psalmist is talking about how God was active in his life in his youth. And I believe that applies to you whether you knew God as a kid or not, or as a teenager or not. Because whether you responded to it, I believe theologically that God was at work chasing you down, pursuing you even when you were a kid. So the psalmist is acknowledging, since my youth, God, you, you, you've demonstrated faithfulness to me. Now, even in my old age, when I'm going gray, God, do not forsake me. He's reminding himself of the faithfulness of God from the cradle to the grave and beyond, right? Because the grave for us as fathers of Jesus is very much not the end. It's a launch pad, cradle to grave and beyond. And I love this principle. God is more faithful than you know. So choose to trust his faithfulness now. I'm so thankful at Graceland Church. We have followers of Christ who've, who've been walking with the Lord for many decades, those that I can look to and learn about what it is to be married for 60 years or learn about what it is to go through this many challenges and see God be faithful in the years that I haven't lived yet. And I'm grateful for that. I, my wife and I prayed for, for spiritually mature fathers and mothers, grandmas and grandpas to be in the churches that we've pastored for years. And this is the first time we've ever really had that. It is such a tremendous gift. And one of the things I've noticed about those saints is the thing that's always at the top of their list that they wanna give thanks to God for is he has been faithful. That's kind of the, that's the language. That's the go-to. As a kid, you don't fully understand that. You know, I love hearing some of these kids' testimonies. Wasn't that amazing? They're not usually saying, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so thankful because God has been faithful because they've barely lived any life yet. They're saying things like, God helped me with my test. That's a good thing. They're saying things like God helped me with my nervousness around other people. They're saying all kinds of things, all valid. But the longer you live and the longer you walk with the Lord, the more the same thing rises up. He has been faithful. And more than that, he's been faithful more than I even know. It's one thing to say, wow, look at all this stuff you've done, Lord. Wow, you have been so good, so kind, so gracious. What about all the things you don't know? What about all the times he protected you? What about all the things he did that you have no idea about? One time, my wife and I were leaving a, a restaurant. We had three girls at the time. Now we have a little boy too. And I didn't realize I was backing up in our, in our van and there must've been a car backing up at the same time that I didn't see. I didn't even, I was oblivious. I think of myself as a good driver. Obviously in this moment, I wasn't. I just, I didn't hit anyone, went on my way. And then I was in this little neighborhood near the restaurant and noticed that there was a car behind me going back and forth on the 25 mile an hour road, flipping me off already, screaming, curse words at me, trying to get my attention. And apparently I had almost hit him when I was backing up and now he was angry. And I, he, he looked to me like someone who was unhinged and might have a weapon, if you track with me. And I had my three little girls and my wife in our minivan driving in South Los Angeles, right? <laughs> Leaving this restaurant. And I was like, okay, I don't wanna freak out the kids. I don't know what this guy's gonna do. And so I kind of, I went out towards the middle of the road so he couldn't get up next to us. And I didn't say anything to Jess or the girls. And this was in the time when the Frozen 1 soundtrack was really hot. You guys remember that one? The, the classics, Let It Go. Um, that's the only one I can think of right now. That's what we're listening to. No joke, I turned it up a little bit more, Frozen 1, so that they wouldn't hear this guy screaming. He had his windows down and was screaming at us. 
We got out on the faster road. I had successfully not allowed him to get up next to us. And of course we run right into traffic. It's Los Angeles. And he's able to eventually find his way to get up right next to us on the left side. His windows are down. Now I can really hear him. And he is obscenely, furiously raging at me. And I decided, here's my strategy. I'm just gonna completely ignore him. I see him out of my peripheral vision. I'm like, God, help, you know? And uh, I didn't know if he was gonna get out of the car. And I, I didn't want anyone in my vehicle to know, so I kept on turning up, let it go. Of course, ignoring him just made him more angry, right? I'm not giving him the time of day. I'm acting like I am totally oblivious, right? Even when we were in the neighborhood, I just didn't, give him one, didn't wanna give him any cues that I saw him. Eventually, thankfully, he didn't get out of his car and approach me. Uh, he just... He, he stormed off when he got an opening and he was so, so angry. And my wife and my three daughters never even noticed. And when we got home from that trip, I told my wife all about it. And she was kind of like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I mean, she, she has no reason to even really believe me. Like I, they had no clue. I could have just been trying to make myself look tough and wise, but it really happened. Here's the thing though. How many times in situations like that, think of it metaphorically, has our heavenly father shielded us from something that is going on in our life, some attack of the enemy, some person or situation that might happen if he doesn't cause you to do something different right now. How many times has he been so much more faithful than we even have the slightest idea of? How many times was he like me in that moment, kind of turning up, kind of, is everyone okay? What? Okay, just sick, okay. I wanted to make sure they're all right. No problem, no problem. Speaking of the faithfulness of God, part of the dad and mother duty, dealing with the throwing up children. I had a throwing up clay this week while my wife and two oldest were at camp. Every time one of us goes away, one of the ones I stay with usually ends up throwing up all night. Clay did that all night on Thursday night, throwing up all night. He's better now, thankfully. It just strikes me as incredibly helpful in the moments when we're struggling to reflect and meditate on, man, God, you have been faithful even more than I'm aware of. Thank you for protecting me when I didn't even know I needed protection. Thank you for turning up the soundtrack of, of worship in my life and of the people speaking life into me. Thank you for turning that up so that I wouldn't even be aware and terrified of the plot against me. How many times has he done that for us? We don't even know. He's been more faithful than you know so you can trust his faithfulness now. David Wilkerson said it like this, our faith is not meant to get us out of a hard place or change our painful condition. Rather, it is meant to reveal God's faithfulness to us in the midst of our dire situation. It's the perspective shift. The declaration is this, I have hope because God is ever faithful. You could also say it, I have hope because God is more faithful than I know. Verse 19 your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing to you with the lyre, holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. I whom you have delivered. That's a clunky word in our English language, but what a declaration to wake up with. Wake up and say, I whom you have delivered. 
My tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long. For those who wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. Notice what he's doing here. All of these verbs, my tongue will tell of your righteous acts. My lips will shout for joy. I will sing praise to you all day long. Here's number three, fill your mind and your mouth with the marvelous deeds of the Lord. Fill it up with all the good things he has done. Speak it out loud. We're commanded to do this in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In challenging situations where we might get hopeless, we must stop and think about what we're thinking about and change it to be the marvelous deeds of the Lord. And then whatever you're thinking about, have you noticed this, is what tends to come out of your mouth. Have you ever noticed like a season of life where there's just all this struggle and you're like cursing under your breath a lot? Have you ever been there? You might not be someone who curses like out loud to people publicly because you're like a Christian, but you're like, you're finding yourself just angry. Like, oh, just, have you, anybody with me? I've been there. Can I confess that together this morning? No, I'm just kidding. I dropped so many, no, I'm just kidding. That's the reality of life though. Whatever's in here makes its way out. Am I right? Think about what you're thinking about. Fill it with the marvelous deeds of the Lord. And notice what he said. I, my tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long. The declaration is this. I have hope because of the marvelous deeds of the Lord. You know, one of the kids in their testimony talked about speaking in tongues. Uh, speaking in tongues is something we believe in. It's something I believe in. I believe theologically that speaking in tongues is one of the gifts of the Spirit and is one of the initial physical evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, along with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, along with the gifts of the Spirit that he puts on your life. I speak in tongues quite a bit in my prayer time, and I will, I will sing in tongues and sing in the Spirit, and I'll pray for that for you. And I'll pray that if that seems weird or strange to you, that's perfectly okay. It is kind of weird and strange, but I believe in it and I do it and it's powerful. And Curtis, our worship leader today, uh, is, who's a friend of mine who also baptized his daughter. We've shared hotel rooms a few times at conferences, or at least once, I think a couple times. And uh, he, he, uh, he's a worship leader, he's a singer, he's a pastor. And I, we were just getting ready one morning, real early before one of these conferences. And I, I felt like I heard him singing in a different language in the bathroom, like while he was shaving or something. And I was like, yo, yo Curtis, you singing in tongues? I like knocked on the door. He's like, you singing in tongues? And like, it was just the most normal thing in the world. He was like, yeah. I was like, cool, man. And I like went back and just kept on getting redder. And I love that. That made me, I liked him already. Then I loved him. I liked him that much more after I realized he just walks around and sings in the spirit. I think that is a part of what this Psalm is talking about. Fill your mind and your mouth with the marvelous deeds of the Lord. You must learn as a Christian to use your mouth as, a, as, a, as an instrument of praise and as a weapon because worship is a, is a weapon when it comes to the environment that you were living in. Have you noticed that? When you do give over to like the rage and the cursing, notice the environment that it creates? Not great. When you learn to use your mouth with the marvelous deeds of the Lord, it changes the environment. You must learn to do that. I'm praying that we continue to grow as a church. When we, when we gather to worship as a body, we're not waiting for a, a singer to, to say, come on, let's go and just sing words that are on the screen. We're also just raising up our own song to the Lord. Like lift your voice to God. You gotta learn how to do that. It doesn't matter if you're a singer or not. And I'm just, I'm gonna be strong about this. I'm, and I'm not saying you have to learn how to do it publicly. Some people are like, get really nervous about things. I worship like a crazy man when I'm by myself. 
If I worshiped like I worship when I'm by myself here on Sundays, you guys would probably run out of this room because I would be running in circles. I would be, you know, I mean, I climbed, you know, I'm just kind of joking, but I'm kind of serious. I just, you must use your mouth to worship the Lord. Let me challenge you. Some point this week, if you're not used to doing that, in the middle of whatever situation you're in, begin to praise God audibly. Speak whatever comes to your mind. Talk about the marvelous deeds of the Lord. If you don't speak in tongues yet, just say, God, let me speak in tongues. I ask for that gift. Because then you can just sing this. You don't even know what you're singing. It's the praises of God. It's the wonders of God. You could be praying for things or interceding for things. something we believe in. Nothing mystical or strange about it. And you can, anyone can talk to me more about this if you have any questions. But this is part of what it is to all day long fill your mind and mouth with the marvelous deeds of the Lord. Look at all these. I wanna backtrack a little bit. Look at all these things. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds in verse 15. Your saving acts all day long. I don't even know how to relate them all. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I'll proclaim your deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you've taught me. To this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me. And then here's where we're gonna land today. Till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. And we're gonna close with this simple idea. Hope is for you, yes. Learn to walk with hope. But hope is also meant to be shared. It's just like the love of God. God loves you and he loves your neighbor. God loves you to want, he wants you to have hope and he wants your neighbor to have hope. And there's something mysterious about hope as well where we, we have much more of it when we share it. Have you ever noticed that? The more you share it, the more you have it. It's like my daughter, Kenzie, who shared that little testimony. She felt like God was leading her to go pray for those two other girls that were at camp. And that was at home when she was telling me about that last night. She said, yeah, when I prayed for them, dad, I didn't really know what to say, but I just started praying. My whole body felt warm. I started crying. That's what she was alluding to. And she said, I got really emotional for the first time. She meant, I got really emotional for the first time when I was praying and I felt like I heard God's voice. And you know what she was doing? Sharing hope. And you know what she was getting because she was sharing hope? Hope. That's the principle. Beautiful mystery. So let me encourage you. Do not underplay the power of your voice in someone's life. Do not underplay the power of you grabbing someone and just praying for them a couple little words. It is not just for pastors. It is not just for counselors. It is not just for professors of Bible colleges. You, my brother and sister, your voice matters profoundly in the kingdom of God. And you offering hope to others with your voice is part of you walking with hope. It's one of the things I love about being in ministry. It's constant accountability. God is always bringing me back to you. No, think about the other people. Think about the other people. It's not just about you, Nathan. It's about the other people. Think about your wife. Think about your kids. Think about this person. Think about this neighbor. What's going on with them right now? Live a life of empathy. Live a life of others' focus and take eyes off of project self for a little while. The more we do that, the more we learn to actually live with hope. The principles are this, we offer hope to the world by declaring the power of God. Like he said at the end of verse 18, till I declare your power to the next generation. And I love this declaration. I have hope and I will share hope. What a great way to start the day. Ah, I'm stretching. I, I got a million things to do today. Wow, I have hope today and I will share hope today. It's more than just you figuring out how to walk with hope. It's you figuring out how to share hope. I have hope and I will share it. Here's what Romans 1.16 says about the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So when the psalmist says, till I declare your power to the next generation, what that means for us is all, what God has called us to do is declare the power of God through the gospel of Jesus, which leads to salvation for everyone who believes. 
And it might be you today that needs to believe on the name of Jesus. And I'm just sharing it with you. Jesus is for you, loves you, has a plan for your life, has made a way for your salvation and invites you to come and dine with him and walk with him for the rest of your life. He has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. He invites you into the great adventure of following Jesus and loving our neighbor for the good of our city, for the good of our world. That's how we frame it with language here at our church, but it's just language straight from scripture. Put your faith in him right now. Just say yes to following Jesus and then we'll baptize you. That's, that's part of what we do as the body of Christ, this perpetual life of Jesus through the gospel. Let me invite the band to come on back up. We're gonna close with this song and just let hope rise in our hearts. This song says, God, you're my champion. Giants fall when you walk into the room. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I'm seated in the heavenly places, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. I can't believe I just remembered that whole chorus. I'm giving myself props about this. But let's let hope rise up. Are you guys with me? Let's not just wallow in despair. Let's not just give up on approaching our entire life by faith. Let's believe God. You, got, you might have some impossible situations. Chances are every one of us could point to something in our life that's just like, man, that thing, that, that feels so tough. That feels so impossible. Let's just pray with hope. It's like, what, in a smaller way, it's like what my wife said earlier about her knee. She hadn't even really totally prayed, God, heal my knee. Let's just dream together about what God could do. So Lord, as we sing and as we respond, just for a few minutes before we dismiss this service, we, we just wanna make space to respond to your word and respond to what you're saying to us. So Lord, we, we ask you to speak loudly into our souls. Speak loud to us, God. For those of you here who might not be a Christian yet, you can just pray now, Lord, I wanna be a follower of Jesus. I wanna say yes to the invitation. I ask for forgiveness for where I've fallen short. I want to follow you all of my days. Lead me. If you're just struggling with hope, you might even feel hopeless. You might feel despair. Or maybe you teeter-totter up and down all the time and you're just tired of it. Let's just, let's just allow our lives to be filled with the river of God, which is the river of hope. I always think of it as diving headfirst into the river of God, just saying everything I have is yours. And this river is teeming with life and hope and faith. And there are still challenges, but the perspective changes. So God, let hope rise up as we sing in Jesus' name. Let's, let's sing together, church. You can just, you, these altars are open. You can make an altar where you are, whatever you like, but let's respond and then we'll pray and close. Church, can we just clap our hands to God and lift our voices in thanks to God? Come on, use your voice, clap your hands. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. More faithful than we know. God, we rely on you, we trust you. Lord, I pray your blessing on each person today. What a celebration in your house today. We're just grateful to be a part of your church, your kingdom growing and flourishing here on the earth. Fill us with hope. May everyone go out today as sharers of hope in Jesus' name. One quick note before I pray this benediction. Check out the different teams out there represented. Meet some of the team leaders. Any of you that are willing or would, or would like to prayerfully consider transitioning to our first service, 
the Sunday after Labor Day uh, this fall in September is when we're gonna shift with the full kids ministry. So let us know if that's you. We're trying to get a gauge and a sense of how many that's gonna be. First service will, as, the, as they both go out like this, will have its own baptisms, its own testimonies, its own celebrations. Second service will have its own, so it's not a miss out at all. If it works for you schedule-wise, you can also attend one and serve one. So just communicate with us. Let us know what you're thinking. It'll help us prepare and just uh, steward well what God is doing here as we go into the fall. Let me pray this benediction out of 2 Thessalonians. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you guys very much. Have a great afternoon.